Amen. How many of you agree that God is great? How many of you agree that God is great? He's great. He's great. It's a wonderful, wonderful master and a, just a good God who's given us his greatness. How many of you are thankful in this season? Amen. 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 Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. And so happy belated Thanksgiving to you. Happy belated Thanksgiving to you. All right, I'm just making sure y'all are there. Amen. Maybe some of y'all still in with the Lord, you know, but um, but always excited to celebrate the goodness of God and 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 look back, look in the now and look in the future and the far future of expectation, but then looking back on what God has done. And later that reality, let's stand to our feet. I want to dive into the scriptures. Let's stand to our feet. Turn to Psalm 126. I'm going to take a little break from our series today. I'm going to take a little break from my series. I'll start. You finish. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Keep going. Amen. Amen. I just want to talk briefly about thankfulness. That's all I want to talk about today briefly. Today is thankfulness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bow ourselves in this brief time that we're together to celebrate you and thank you for everything that you are and everything that you have done, are doing, and will do for us. And so, Lord God, let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our redeemer, help us to celebrate you today and help us to have hearts of gratitude and thanksgiving towards who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, in the, uh, in the uh, when I was a kid, uh, kind of growing up in the church, I wasn't a believer, but I caught I just loved some of the church culture that I grew up in uh, because the the deacons and the old mothers would take care of the children. As a matter of fact, uh, they would, uh, we don't do it much anymore, but every now and then the old mothers would walk up to you and give you a dollar or something. You know, see, y'all don't know nothing about that, you know, or give you a little quarter or something. But, um, and that was cool for me. I go to the corner store and get some penny candy. Y'all don't even know nothing about no penny candy. Uh, but, but, but then I would, then I, uh, sometimes they, they, they ball up their fists and give you some candy, and it was always the same group of candies, same group of candies. It was one of them striped peppermints. You don't know what I'm talking about. Then there's one of them Brock's butterscotch joints, the orange joints. <laughs> but my favorite, though, my favorite, though, was the cinnamon, the one that's a little spicy. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. But I used to love that, and they ball up in your hand. And every time somebody gave me something, my, my mama, when she saw it, she always asked me a question. Y'all know what she asked, didn't you? Did you say this? She wanted to know whether or not I said thank you. Uh, because, you know, many times as a kid, you just get excited about what you received. 
and, 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 and it's, it's kind of like as soon as someone gives you something, you forget who it was that gave it to you because you're so excited about what you received that you're ready to dig into what you received. And, and, and what, what my mom and dad were trying to teach me is that never forget about the person that gave you what you got. Never get so excited about being blessed where you begin to forget about the one who dispensed it to you. So, 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 so before you enjoy what you got, look up at the one that gave it to you, and guess what you should say? Thank you. And, and, and I'm just trying to tell you today that every now and then, before you, as you reflect on your blessings, don't forget about the blesser himself. It's so easy to enjoy receiving things from God, but forgetting about the God who's the one that actually blessed you with what you got. And so every now and then, you, you know, we, we need to pause and be thankful for the goodness of God and what he's done for me. You know, in the 70s, there was a show that used to come on, and, you know, I used to like, there's several shows I used to watch. I like What's Happening. I dated myself. Um, <laughs> um, I, 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 I like Good Times. And, and, and I like the Jeffersons. But my favorite, um, my favorite theme song, though, was the Jeffersons. Um, and it started like this. Where we're moving on up. <laughs> to the where? To the east. <laughs> to a what? <laughs> yeah. Because we what? We finally got. Don't, don't, don't. Fish don't fry. Yeah, come on. Beans don't burn. Took a whole lot of trying just to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Grinding up in the big leaves. Turn and back. Long as we here. It's you and me, baby, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, y'all with me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The young folk and everybody know. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh And it's interesting, as you think about that song, and as you really reflect on it, it's a celebration of transition. It's a reflection of a journey. You know, the Jeffersons, if you remember, they, 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 weren't, they, were, they were in the Harlem slums. And then all of a sudden, they got this opportunity after he started Jefferson Cleaners to be able to get up out of the slums, uh, uh, out of the slums and move to the east side of Manhattan. Now, that was the 70s. You know the east side of Manhattan is crazy, you know what I'm saying, financially. And so, and so they were excited about the ability to move to the 12th floor and to be across the hall from Mr. Bentley. And, um, and, 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 and in other words, they're, they're, but, but that song represented a pause to celebrate a journey. A pause to celebrate the fact that things aren't like they used to be, and I appreciate what has happened and where I've been brought from. Um, um, th th that's what this psalm is about. This psalm is, is, is a biblical Jefferson psalm. It, it, it's, it's, a it, it's a psalm that just begins to reflect. Somebody say reflect. Reflect, reflect on what God has done. As matter of fact, it's in the section of Scripture that's called the Psalms of Ascent or the Pilgrim Psalms. And, and the Psalms that make up the Psalms of Ascent are Psalms 120 to about Psalm 
133, uh, give or take uh, who you're talking to. And, and, and so it sort of ends there. And, and, and all of them, really the Psalms of Ascent, it's really one song, one big song technically, because all of them kind of fit together to talk about the journey of God's people, not just the journey of individuals. Wish I, was, I had some help right there. But, 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 it, but it's a journey of everybody reflecting on how good has been to us, not just how God has been to me. See, 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 every now and then, you know you're growing spiritually if you can shout about not just what God has done for you, but what God has done for all of us. Because, because all, all of us are on a journey with God, and all of us are being directed to God and, and, and looking towards him. And so the Psalms of Ascent literally mean to elevate, to, to go upward or to look upward uh, on the journey. What would happen is, is as families would travel on the holy days, whether it's Yom Kippur or whether it's Passover or Feast of Booths, a.k.a. Feast of Tabernacles, the head of household would move to the front of the family and the family in the caravan with older folk to the younglings. Um, and, and, and the head of household would begin to lead in song as they processed to Mount Zion. Mount Zion, because no matter where you came from, when you came, if you come from the north, you come from the east, the west, the south, when you went to Jerusalem, you always had to go up. And so as they began to do that, they began to, 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 to sing these songs to reflect on the broader journey of God's people and the journey of their family and their individual journey with Lord Yahweh to, separ- uh, to, to, uh, to celebrate him. But not only that, they would get to the actual events that was happening in Jerusalem and the priests would stand up and they would lead in worship through these songs. Now you got to understand, they would sing these songs over and over and over and over again. But, the, but, but what's interesting is the Psalms, as Psalm 120 starts off, it starts off as a lament. Then you go through to Psalm 121, it starts off as protection, thanking God for his protection. I know I ain't got nobody here that's ever been protected by God ever, and God let some things not happen that could have happened to you, that should have happened to you, but God somehow, some way did it. It starts on it, it said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Where the help doesn't come from the hills. The help going to meet you in the hills, and his name is Yahweh. And so they began to, to, to worship and lead and, and go in that thing. And then by the time they got to the middle of the song, they were worshiping and thanking God for specific things that he's done based on who he is. You need to have a journey as you recognize it yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're on a pilgrimage to God. You're on a journey with God, but you're on a pilgrimage to God, just like the people of God in Tanakh, in the Old Testament, and even in these Psalms. All of us are on a journey, and every now and then you have to learn how to pause and say thank you. You, you got you to make sure that you recognize that you didn't get anywhere that's good in your life by yourself. And so we come to this Psalm. I ain't got one point today. I just want to walk this text. Uh, the point's going to be the text. Amen, somebody. And, 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 and I love the way this Psalm it's, it's one of the shorter ones. It's not the shortest one, but, but, it, but it's one of the shorter psalms. And the psalmist says, when the Lord restored the forces of Zion. I love this idea here in this text because they're, they're, they're reflecting on what God has already done for his people. They say, when the Lord restored. It, it, I like the fact that they know that it was the Lord that restored and nobody else. See, 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 you need to every now and then recognize that, that the Lord is the one that's doing these things in your life, not your ingenuity, not your connections, not the people in your life, but it was the Lord who did it. I like the fact that they said first when. 
When is a statement of faith? It's a statement of faith, but the Lord is the object of our faith. Now, 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 it's interesting that they talk about the Lord as the object of the faith because Lord is not just a term you want to run past. This is not Lord, large letter, four small letters. This is all caps. This points to the fact that we're talking here about Yahweh. This is, this is the invocational name of the Old Testament. This is the name that God went by until Jesus came and injected all that Yahweh is into the name of Jesus. Now, we could talk about that in another sermon, but, but, but right here, Yahweh was the contact name for the people of God to reach heaven. And, 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 and what's beautiful about this name is euphemistically, it just means the one who is. Oh, you should have, you missed your shouting time. And, um, uh, the, the one who just is. In, in other words, there was never a time where he wasn't is. You, you missed that. I didn't, that, that may be grammatically incorrect, but theologically correct. Because God wasn't merely was, and he's not merely going to be. He just exists in the is of everything. He existed in what you went through. He existed in what you're going through. And he's going to exist in what is waiting for you tomorrow. In other words, Abraham said, uh, Moses said, who should I tell him sent me? He said, I am who I am. And theological slang is, I is who I is, or I be who I be. In, in, in other words, he said, what? He said, just tell them that. In, in other words, God was letting them know that even though you've been in four years of slavery, I be there with you. No matter what you go through, where you are is where he be. Oh, y'all missed that. Because, 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 because of who he is, his nature, his grace, his mercy, his holiness, his justice, his righteousness, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his omnipotence, his immensity, his spirituality, his everything that he is, is. Y'all missed that. You missed your point. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, in other words, everything that makes God God in both his, all of his perfections that are, uh, uh, that are relational and transcendent, he is always that. And so, but, 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 but he wants to know what is where he is. How do they look at that? It's beautiful. Because, because when they say, when the Lord, the Lord also means sovereignty. Points to him being the sovereign Lord. Meaning that there's nothing that happens that catches him by surprise. You missed that. No matter what you're going through, God sees where you are. And as a matter of fact, if God let it happen, he's jerry-rigging it from heaven to use it for his glory. There is nothing in your life that you go through that the sovereign Lord who is didn't know about. Even if it was your fault, he's going to use it. Even if it was somebody else's fault, he's going to use it. Why? Because he's the Lord who is. So because he is and because he's sovereign, he sees and knows everything and he will manufacture every aspect of brokenness, every disappointment, every hurt, every pain, everything that ever happened to you is sovereignly engineered to help you to be all that God wants you to be. Why? Because he's sovereign. That means he's God all by himself. And he don't need anybody else. Grandmama used to say, he's so high, I can't get over him. He's so wide, I can't get around him. He's so low, I can't get up. In other words, wherever I go, he is. Why? Because he's 
sovereign. But not only does the Lord mean that he is, and not only does it mean that he's sovereign, it also means that he's a covenant keeper. Wish I had some time. That's the invocational name that a covenant has been formed. In other words, covenant faithfulness of God is inherent in the name Lord. In other words, God will never stop loving you. Now, see, see, you need that to soak in because some of y'all theologically know that, but practically don't believe it. Some of y'all have been through some stuff where you felt abandoned and you felt empty of his loyalty and his loyal love and his faithfulness. But because we have an everlasting covenant with him through Jesus Christ, he will never leave us nor forsake. I heard some people say, well, that's in the context of discipleship. As long as you make disciples, um, he'll never leave. No, 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 no. It's not based on the activity of man because that's agape. That's for, that's, I believe that's ferocious love. That means that God decides to be faithful to you even knowing how bad of a mess you are. I want you, I want you to bring up in your mind the messiness of your worst mess that you've ever committed or thought about committing. And at that point, God decided to love you. God didn't love you because he was going to redeem you. He loved you just because. But he did redeem you because he loved you. That's what makes him a faithful God. I'm by myself, but I'm so glad that God is better than my circumstance. I'm so glad that God is better than my brokenness. I'm so glad that God is better than my sin. I'm so glad that he's so good and his mercy endures. Help me, God. Mercy endures. That means that when I'm up, it endures. When I'm down, it endures. When I'm going through, it endures. When I'm not going through nothing, it endures. Why? Because it's based on him and not my circumstance. So the people of God are just celebrating the Lord. You got to learn how to celebrate. You, you better learn how to celebrate him. That's why you need to know who he is. Because if you don't know who he is, you won't know he is there for you. Let me just tell you that. That's simple, and I know that, but he's there for you. I, I know some of you are going through some stuff right now where you feel the absence of God's presence. But what the people of God are invoking the name for is to not help God. You don't help God realize anything. God is not like you say something. You're like, oh, I didn't even know that. Wow, you rocked me just now. <laughs> the covenant name is to help us, not him. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's why I get it. Now, 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 what about this Lord? He says, and when the Lord restored, somebody say restored. I could just spend time just on this word, restored. This word restored means to bring back to original existence. Now, 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 now oh, oh, God, help me. Now, 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 the under, now you got to understand restore is not what we think it is. Restore is not God making things like they were. He never does that. His restoration doesn't create an old season in a new season. That's, that's not what restoration is. When God restores, he likes to show off. So, so what he does is he gives a semblance of an old place, but in a new way. Oh, my God, help me today. When God, when God restores and when he does something over again, puts you in a new place outside of where you were, what he does that's powerful is God upgrades everything that he does because he always wants you to be blown away by him. 
Oh, let me see if I can make it plain. Well, my mom, one of my, one of my favorite verses of my mother uh, was a verse in Joel where it says, and he will restore to you the years that the locust, she, she had in the King James Version, hath eaten. Had, had, not have, you know, these new translations. She hath. That, I don't know why that hath and them thou's just make you feel like the anointing is in it or something. Some oil is on it. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but my mama, she, she going, she gonna, you know, she, she wanted them haths and thou's and carrying on. But, but she liked that verse because there was a season in her life where she wasn't walking with the Lord. And because of that, when God finally got a hold of her in an older age, she said, I wish that I would have always been walking with the Lord. But then she came up because she said, it's so much that I missed out on being a fool and I could have just been walking with him and been enjoying him and things would have been even better in my life. But then she ran across this verse and, and she didn't. And, and this verse rocked her because the verse says, I will restore to you all of the years that the locusts have eaten. Now, you got to understand in the context of that verse, that meant the people of God uh, were in the, the disciplinary hand of the Lord acting a fool. And God sent locusts in to eat up their crops to discipline them so that they could turn to him. He said, now, if you return to me and you repent, because there is no restoration without repentance. Remind me to come back to that. Um, but, but what happens is, is when repentance happens, what happens is, is when God restores you, he restores you in such a way that it was as if there was a seamless fellowship relationship with him that has always existed because he catches you up from what you left behind. Oh, my God, you, you missed your shout moment. In other words, your mess isn't enough for God to divorce. He didn't say, I'm going to stop blessing you now. I'm going to retroactive bless you. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. One time my wife, one time my wife, when we, we, back in the day, we, we was on dis, she had to get on disability because she got real, real sick. And it took us a long time to get on, like 10 months or something. And so she finally got um, on disability. They finally put it on. They said, sorry, it took us so long. Paperwork got messed up. They said, but your first check will be there on the first. But what they said is, oh, we're not just starting your disability this month. We're going to retroactivate from the time when you began putting in the process of getting this. I'm go we're going to send your first check. It's not going to be the first check. It's going to be a 10-month check for the season that you wasn't taken care of. In other words, you were hurting in that season, you were broken in that season, but you didn't have help. But what we're going to do to make you feel better that this partation was in place is we're going to give you everything you should have got in the beginning now. I wish I had some time right now. It's when God restores you, when God changes you, when he restores to you the years that the locusts have eaten, he'll retroactive bless you. In other words, there were things that he was supposed to get that your sin messed up, but because his goodness is better than your sin, he says, I'm just going to act a plum fool for you. I'm going to bless you in such a way that you're going to have what you lost and what you gained, but it's all going to be because of my grace, not your faithfulness. Somebody should have ran right there. I wish I had some time. And a re restoration, but there's no restoration without repentance. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I ain't got no shouting on that part. God is a good steward of restoration. It's foolish for him to bless a person whose heart is not his. Oh, my God. Repentance disagrees with oneself and agrees with God. That's what repentance is. 
Repentance is turning to yourself and say, you fool, I disagree with you. I don't like the way you're thinking, and I'm about to turn. Let's go. Come on, let's roll. We're going to turn to the way God did. And God said, oh, repentance. Repentance is an act of faith by which you believe God over yourself. Oh, God. And so, therefore, restoration can be properly stewarded because your heart is in the right place. Therefore, when you get blessed, the blessings are properly stewarded. Why? Because of repentance. And so he says, I, I, I will restore. He says, I'll, re I'll restore it all. And that's why you need to be thankful for some stuff. I don't know who I'm talking to today who's ever been through something and God blessed you beyond what you would have ever thought that he'd have blessed. You'd have been like, God, I don't even know how in the world I got here where I am. You've been to, sometimes, have you ever looked back and said, God, I don't even know how I'm taken care of. Like, you ever, you ever, you ever been financially tight? And I know some of y'all are rich, but um, you ever been financially tight and you don't even know? Um, somebody looked at me and said, who, 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 who? Who in here rich? Um... But, but you ever look back and you like, you knew it was tight and you knew that you couldn't pay nothing, nothing, or hardly, and somehow you ate, somehow the light stayed on, somehow you had a, you, you was able to get a trans pass. God just, some, some of y'all, you, you ain't even had no gas money, but you had a trans pass. Oh, God, help me today. You look back and you wonder how in the world did I have hot food? And I went out sometimes and I was able to give to the Lord, and I, and I was able to bless somebody else. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. He's good. He's good. And, and, and that's what's crazy about God's restoration and God's strength and being thankful. Being thankful makes you willing to reflect on what he's been doing. It, 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 I mean, don't, don't you dare let any hardship in your life make you think, and believe the lie that God has not been at work. That, that's, that's the big, that, if, if you want to know how Satan gets God's people, he makes us believe that God isn't good and that he has not been good. And when that happens, you don't pray, you don't spend time with him, and then you begin walking away from him. Because when you forget his benefits, and when you stop meditating on, that's why some of y'all need to learn how to journal. Yes, yes, now, some of y'all need to, no, I ain't talking about on your phone. Yeah, don't do that. Some stuff shouldn't be digital. You need to see your handwriting and the tear stains and the coffee stains or the Kool-Aid stain, whatever you was drinking. You need to, you need to, you need to get you a little, little binder joint. That's what it's called, a little binder joint. And you need to write the date at the top. And where you were sitting when you wrote it and the time. And you need to write what was going on in your heart and mind at that point. Why? Because when God, listen, I, I can tell you right now, I've looked over some stuff where I was in some seasons of brokenness, and I look back and say, I couldn't believe some of the stuff I wrote. And I can't even believe how far God brought me. Help me today, God. When you, because when you look back at it, you say, I can't, whoa, huh? you just get up from the table. You're like, whoa, 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 you may go one of these on somebody. You may, you may get up on that. Let me, let me tell you why. Because you begin to think about his goodness. Help me, God. I got to move. I got to move. You know, what's powerful about these is they're Christological. In other words, they're only released through Jesus. The Bible says in John, I mean, in Revelation 3, 7, it says that Jesus is the key of David. Now, I'm still trying to wrap my mind theologically 
around this. Because when they talk about restore, that means pro- embedded in that is God promising something that he'll do. And when you look at Deuteronomy, there are a lot of promises for repentance that God gives you a picture of what restoration will look like. And so as, you, as, you, as now that we're New Testament believers, covenant people of God, now, now what happens is, is the Bible said Jesus is the key of David. Now, now one of the things that I began finding out is, is, that, is that Jesus is the key to unlocking all of the promises of God. So, 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 that, so that means in order to get in contact with God's blessings, Jesus has to be the key to unlocking it because he's the mediator of God's covenants and God's promises. So, it, so there will be no restoration without Jesus. No other religion, whatever you want, well, I'm in a relationship, well, relationship, um, it, but it's still a religion, no, promises any type of restoration. Do some, student, do some studying. None of them restore anything. None of them redeem anything. Only God, through Jesus Christ, promises restoration and reconciliation after repentance. You know, and, so, and so, but, but not only does it say that, this is what I love about the word of God. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, that for all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Yeah, 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 I like that. That, 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 mean, that means when, when, when God's promises are released on Jesus' terms, they get released. Not on man's terms. Not, not that, so, so, so that means that we don't release God's blessings. God releases them through Jesus. And so therefore, God, God restoration for the New Testament believer is always mediated through the new covenant through Jesus Christ. But then it says restore the fortunes. In other words, res- fortune here means to release from captivity. So, so, so what happened is God not only brought people out of stuff and ba- gave, I mean, gave them new stuff, but he brought them out of some stuff. That, that, means that, that means that where you were was in a place of bondage and captivity that needed to be dealt with in order for you to be where God wants you to be. Because it's, it's, the word literally means to be in a state of being captive. And so the people of God are meditating on how they were bound in strongholds and looking, looking at some foolishness. And now God has restored them, but he didn't just give them stuff. He took them out of what they were in. Now, we don't have an overrealized eschatology, meaning that we get everything now. That's what's wrong with the prosperity gospel, okay? That we get healing now. We get every, that, that, no, that's an overrealized eschatology with triumphalism. But we are in an already and not yet. I remember one day Peter said, Lord, we left everything. What we going to get? That's what he literally said. Jesus says, there's no one that have left houses, family, homes that won't get in eternal life these things double and in this life. Meaning that there's some stuff you get now and some stuff you won't. Because if God gave us everything now, we wouldn't want to be with him. So God got to starve you from everything you want so you'll still want him. So sometimes God not blessing you is him blessing you. Oh, my God. You're going to catch that on the way home. Uh, Sometimes him saying no is him saying yes to something else. But if your heart isn't bent towards him, you'll be ticked off that he didn't give you what you want, not knowing that you had all you need in him. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. He says, he says, when the Lord restored our fortunes, we're supposed to be further along now. Um, He said, when the Lord restored our fortunes, we were like those who dream dreams. This is crazy right here. Because 
in, in the con- he's not talking about those who had a dream, like somebody just dreaming about something in their mind that they want to see happen in their life, even though it includes that. But really, it points to the fact that in, in the context of the Old Testament, there were people who had the, uh, uh, God would send dreams. And as they would send them dreams, you'd be like, man, usually those dreams are restorative realities like Joseph and different types of things. And so when God restored them, they didn't think that where they were could ever happen and that this is actually a real place in life that God did and is centered on himself. And, and, and in other words, he said, I can't believe that. I'm, you ever, you, have you ever seen God be so good to you and, and that, that you're like, this can't be real? You ever been in a place, you ever been in a place where God just did some old crazy blessing stuff and you was like, you couldn't see, because you've been in it so long, you couldn't see life beyond it. But then you're like, is this, like, is this real? So every now and then when God blessed me, I had to ask my wife some questions, not to get prideful, but I'm just trying to get some understanding on what in the world is God up to. And I'm, every now and then you need to say, God, God, is this really real? You, if, that means, if, listen, you need to be in a place where you're blown away by God's activity in your life. That, that's what it means. You need to be blown and, and, and just enjoy the glory of what he has provided and what he's developed you in because of where. That's because you got to recognize that he's the one that brought you from where you were. And then he said, then he says this. And this is how, this, this how it gets crazy. It says, then our mouth was filled with laughter. It's not holy laughter, you know, that phenomenon of just laughing in the spirit. But what it's talking about is you just bust out laughing because of how crazy the Lord blessed you. You start laughing. You just bu- It's like some dudes on the block laughing at somebody who got some crazy outfit on walking down the street. I mean, you just sit up and you're just laughing at the fact, I cannot believe how blessed I am in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every now and then you need to be able to just laugh at the goodness of God. But then he, then he says, and our tongue was filled with shouts of joy. He said, he said, because of what God has done, I want to open my mouth and give him the fruit of my lips. And this points to a person that gets joy. Joy means, joy means unending satisfaction with God no matter what. Because many times this psalm was read while people were going through stuff. And this was invoking them to bless and be thankful to the Lord beyond what they're going through. Nobody should have to make you bless the Lord. Nobody should have to fight with you to give him the honor and go, well, I'm not wired that way. Well, with, the, with the camp that I grew up in, who cares about that? Let's forget about our ethnicity for one second. Let's just forget about our, our cultural background. Let's forget about our worship upbringing and just look at this text. And what does shouts of joy mean in the Hebrew? Shouts of joy. It doesn't mean meditation of joy. It doesn't mean think about it of joy. It means shout. Shout means, Shabbat literally means to open your mouth wide and make a lot of noise from your heart. Are you looking at me funny? In other words, it's saying take the satisfaction that God gives you no matter what. Open your mouth and express. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're Presbyterian, United Methodist, frozen chosen, nose and chosen. I don't care who you are. The text says that those who were restored by God could not be quiet because they were filled. The Bible says they were filled, filled. 
And, and, and they began to, they, because they thought about their satisfaction with God, they opened their mouths and shouted to him. That means that you ain't looking at what nobody else shouting. That means that you're willing to shout. This is very, very important. You need to have a culture in your life where you fight with your flesh to bless the Lord. Oh, I wish I had time to tell it like I see it. But you, I, I, listen, listen, if one more person tell me that my wiring doesn't allow, none of us are wired to bless anybody. Oh, but let the Eagles get a touchdown. You a Shabbat for the Eagles. Oh, 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 oh let, you know, let, let the Phillies, you know, win, win the, you'll be out in the street up on Frankfort Avenue or down in the clothespin somewhere. Ah! You know, going like this, swinging on poles and ho, all of that kind of, but the Lord brought you out of all your sin, all of your brokenness, and he done took care of you, and now you're going to sit your big old behind down like he ain't never been good, and that his mercy don't endure, and you, and, and you can't, the, the Phillies ain't do nothing for you, the Eagles ain't do nothing for you. But if it had not been, you gonna you gonna you gonna. But I don't I don't. That's not how I like to go. That, that's not how I like to go. I, you know I ain't, I ain't know you know what I'm saying. I ain't you know I don't roll like that. That's why it's worship. That's why it's a shout of joy. It's satisfaction with God that was birthed by God in you to keep you, even though hell was breaking loose, you didn't lose your mind, you didn't fall apart, some bills may have been pink, he took care of you, he, he, he gave you some joy, he gave you some peace, he gave you some grace, and all I want to say is, I want to bless the Lord at all times, his praise. Try to get through this text. How dare we act like he ain't been good? Some of y'all have survived some stuff that you didn't think you were going to survive. Some of you got healed of cancer. Hallelujah. Some of y'all got healed of disorders. Some of y'all was on depression meds and he's keeping you. Oh, I'm by myself. Some of y'all got your records expunged. Help me today, God. I heard somebody this week pass their GED for the fourth time. You should be upstep, blessing God. Help me, God, in this. Some of, some of y'all, y'all didn't know if you were going to make it, but God over and over and over and over again has taken care of you. Help me today, God. And he said, and they said the joy was so crazy that even the sinners had to talk about what God was doing. Look at what it says. It says, it said, look what it said. It said, and then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Listen, that's when you know you blessed. When the sinner like, I don't want you, God, but that's crazy what's happening in your life right now. That's all that's off the beam. That's off the meter right there. You know what I'm saying? God killed it in your life. I don't want him right now. You know what I'm saying? But he, he's killed. That's crazy what he did for you. In other words, when the sinner want to bless the God of heaven, you know. Look, hey, when, when, when a sinner blesses God more than you, you in trouble. Oh, but then it says right after that how we respond to that. When they say that, we say, uh, it says the Lord has done great things for us. That's what they said. They say, yeah, he has been killing it in my life. That's why you need to learn how to testify. You need to learn how to testify the goodness of God. You need to sit around and just bless him and honor him and lift him up for every. You need to begin to meditate every day on what he's done for you and where he's taking you. I got to move before I run out of this building. It says, Rest, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. 
You got to understand here, the Negev was the southern country. And it was the dry lands. It was the desert land that was parched. And they would try to, those who lived in the southern country, would try to plant seeds there. But nothing would happen. But once a year, it would rain. <laughs> and that dry place that had been dry, it's been summer all year, it would rain and parched ground would get watered and the soil would become fertile because God sent rain. He's saying, my life has been dry. My life has been parched. My life has been needy. I don't know who I'm talking to. And my life has been in a place where I felt passed by by God. But one day when he restored me, it felt like rain hit me. That's why the Bible says, be not weary of well-doing. For in due season you will reap if you don't faint. Wait, I say on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I see on the Lord. Finally, I'm going to get out your way. It says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. <coughs> that means that when you went out and you didn't expect a crop to come, but you just kept on believing God, all you had to water your circumstance with was your tears because God wasn't coming through yet. And so you sowed your tears into the ground believing in that hard season that God was going to one day make everything all right. And so you kept being faithful, trying to be faithful to him. You kept trying to walk with him. Even though he didn't answer, he did hear you. You didn't hear that. He, even though he didn't answer, he did hear you. And you kept going. He said in his tears, he went out and sowed in his tears. But th then he said, one day, if you keep going, you'll reap in joy. In other words, unending satisfaction will show itself up in your life as God brings the increase in your life that's connected to the joy that you've had in the midst of your circumstances, no matter what. And I ain't just talking about money. But then he says, he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy. There it is again. Bringing his sheaves with him. Sheaves is the things that you've been believing God for. Sheaves is the things that God didn't provide in the dry season. And you thought he'd stop messing with you like that. You thought he, he was feeling some kind of way about you to the point where he wouldn't honor his covenant with you. You know, I was reading, I was reading an article recently about the church that used to be in this facility called Diamond Street Community Church and <clears throat> uh, Mennonite Church. I used to meet here, and, you know, I, it's crazy. Um, they, the Mennonites have started doing work in North Philly 200 years ago next year. 200 years ago. And they focused on North Philly. And they prayed for a little over 100 years, and a church got planted here, Diamond Street Mennonite Church. Used to meet in 1814 Diamond Street, right on the next block. And then one day, this small group of people, they were praying and praying for God's restoration and God's work in this neighborhood and work among those who are dealing with economic challenges, uh, oppression, and all these different things. They began praying for this area. And this church came into existence and ended up coming into this building in 1979 um, and began doing a phenomenal work. And prayers were still going forth and going forth. And, and in an article, it talked about how the church ended up dissolving and going out of existence. 
But then it talked about the fact that there was a ch- new church in here named Epiphany Fellowship. And, 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 and they, said, they said, interestingly enough, the vision that we had for 200 years is being fulfilled through tears and through prayers of 200 years of prayer. Coming, when I looked at their vision that they had, I was rocked because it's the, I, nev- I didn't even meet them until I got here. And seeing just the, the details of the vision is almost the same vision. And so every time, let me just tell you what my sheaves are. I've had some sleepless nights about some of y'all's lives. Okay? I've been up crying for some of y'all, travailing before God in my backyard about some of y'all's spiritual life. Crying. Went through some pain and through some hurt. And when I see your life get restored, I got a sheave. When I see a family get changed, that's a sheave. When I see a single person say, I'm just going to walk with the Lord. If I don't get nobody, it's just me and the king. That's a sheave for me. When I see somebody go from spiritual death to spiritual life, when them five people came down, let, let me tell you something. I got 160 sheaves this year of people that got saved coming up to this altar this year. Sheaves. Every time God answers a prayer of brokenness, of sowing in tears, I, I, I get a sheave. Whenever a couple that was cussing each other out and we had to break up the fight come in in harmony, that's a sheave for me. In other words, I don't know where you at in your life, but you are sheaves of 200 years of people praying and praying to old folk, people in their 90s, varicose veins, with head coverings on, still praying for God's work in you, and you sitting in here, and you being here is an answer to prayer. So how in the world can you act like God ain't been good, that God ain't took care of you, that God ain't worked in your life? We had white folk, black folk, Hispanic folk, Asian folk, Haitian folk, all kinds of people praying. For 200 years, for North Philadelphia to have a gospel witness through this facility. They said that's when they sold us the building. They said, we, developers want this, but we want this to go to ministry. And we're going to sell this building to you at cost. When we, let me tell you something. When we appraised this building, it was a million dollars. We didn't have it. Okay? They said, we'll sell it to you for half a million, half the price, basically few months earlier, it was, actually, no, 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 no. A few months earlier, it was a million. It appraised for a million. Everything tanked, and then we got it for half a million. Then we got the lots for 50000 apiece. The lots are now 150000 apiece. Then the city is selling us the back of this for a dollar. Some of y'all wasn't even saved when you got here. Some of y'all wasn't even, y'all ain't know nothing about the lurch at all. Y'all ain't know nothing about no Bible, nothing. And some of y'all were in gravest sin, and God captured you and saved you and brought you. And some of you have been lonely, and God just been there for you. Listen, God, God has been too good for you not to pause and say thank you. If you just look back over your life and think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. Not I got a testimony, but I am a testimony. I wish I had some time right there. That if you look back over where you've been, and you look back over how broken you've been, if you look back over all of the hell you've been through, 
if you look back on how destroyed your circumstances are, I'm going to stop right there. God has been good to you. I'm going to get out the way. I was about to ramp up, but y'all got to pray for me because I'm excited for you guys' life. Let our men come. Let our men come.